Hello and welcome to Golan Globin. Golan Globin Theater. Golan Globin. I'm doing my very best Paul Lind impression because this is a Paul Lind heavy episode. <laughs> this is all about Paul Lind. I'm a big Paul Lind fan after seeing this. You've never you never watched Bewitched? You never saw that? I've Your never first experience with uh, Paul Lind? This is definitely my first real cognitive experience with Paul Lind. I probably have like fallen asleep and waking up while Bewitch was on because I watched a lot of TV. What do they call it? Nick, Nick at night, I believe was the program that ran like the older shows. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I fell asleep and woke up while I was on. I didn't register any faces. I, I, I face blindness anyways. I, I don't remember anybody. Right. Well, we should probably just say, I mean, that wasn't, me doing a, a woman impression of a woman's voice. We have a guest with her. If today. only we could add so that voice to the repertoire. We have a very special guest. She's uh, just somebody reached out to us on Twitter and said, Hey, I like what you're doing. I want to be on. I said, All right, that's all you need. Pass you know? the test. Yeah, that's it. First of all, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Of course. Oh, I didn't even introduce you. This is our friend Taffy. From uh, from Toledo, Ohio, right now, but originally from Seattle, right? Correct. Yes. And she's here to seventy explain <laughs> to uh, our boy Griff. <laughs> this is going to be a rough episode for me. I got two people just two Gen Xers just breathing down my neck here, and yeah, the, I'm feeling be... I'm feeling the heat. It's getting hot. You, it's kind of like white fire. It's kind of getting kind of getting white fire in here. <laughs> So, for, well, I mean, we're, we're, we're explained we're in uh, Schlocktober right now, the, our favorite time of the year. Um, Halloween's coming up. You excited about Halloween, Taffy? Oh, my God. Halloween is every day for me. I'm a spooky old broad, and uh, this is my time to shine, you know? Uh, as an aging goth, it's uh, sort of like Mardi Gras, <laughs> uh, and uh, I love everything about it. So, yes, very excited even though I won't be able to parade around and out. Yeah. I was just going to say, it's got to be kind of bittersweet to be coming around October and we still have a world that's not exactly in order. So, I mean, is this your first Halloween in Toledo too? Uh, Let's see. Second, I think. Yeah. I think like, and there's, Oh God, there's children in this area. And I don't, I don't care for that. What? And so, <laughs> I thought that was the whole thing about Halloween is having people come to your house. Well, having adults come to your house. for. Oh, you want, okay. You want that part. Okay. Yeah. But, but I don't, I don't like, uh, yeah, no, I don't care for that. You don't want to do the light on, hand out the candy. You just want the, par- the party. No, I did uh, last year. Yeah. Lights off. Like, in the back room. No, uh-uh, I don't, I don't really Wow. <laughs> I moved like five times in four years, and every time it was like, I wonder how many kids will come over. Not so much me. I'm a, I'm a recluse. I was hiding in the laser disc vault. But yeah, partners I've been with have been like, yes, <laughs> what kids are coming over? So I thought that's what everyone was getting, you know, like into. I don't think anybody gives out candy anymore. It's like two people on my block give out candy. Everyone's a fucking grouch now. I don't know what to tell you. I, don't. I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have people over, though. I mean, you could be a grouch by yourself, like Murray, waiting for people to come by with cool costumes. And you all do these elaborate <laughs> pumpkins, and you like, do. People, are, people yeah. are like, "Fuck you, give me candy, and get the hell out of here." Yeah, and some like twenty-three-year-old with their kid is like asking for candy. And- <laughs> 
my favorite is people decorate everything mm-hmm. and have kids and send them out and then don't give out candy. What's with that? Come on. If you have kids and send them out, you better fucking give candy out. If if you're like, don't have kids, fine. Do whatever you want, but come on. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to even up the score there. You got to be giving out the good stuff. Yeah. Right. I... This is a question we ask everybody outside of Detroit. Where you grew up, did you have Devil's Night? I was going to ask that. <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. Uh, I grew up in Indiana, uh, in Indianapolis. And yes, uh, we had Devil's Night. Oh, okay. Indianapolis. So the word got around. Clearly, because we all know. Well, I always assumed <laughs> yeah. everybody had it. You know? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought. I assumed everybody had it too, and then when I moved to Seattle, and they were all like, "Whoa!" Unless they saw the crow, which don't. Uh. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, that, that's how I summarize the crow. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because our our buddy Stuart <laughs> from England, he actually looked it up. He thought it was from the crow, he was, and I'm like, "No, that's a real thing, that's Stuart." Yeah, we burn our fucking city down. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> I could just imagine you out in Seattle, like chucking eggs at buildings and everything. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Devil's Night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was. Uh, it, I I assumed everybody, you know, everybody knew about it. I thought it was a universal thing. It is not. It is. Yeah, not. It must be a Midwest thing, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's one of the cool things we have here. It's uh, it's like what we're using as a crutch to hop around of notoriety just devil's night <laughs> well that's kind of dying down now yeah, I'll take it. yeah, yeah. it's definitely dead now yeah. well but speaking of halloween now. <laughs> speaking of halloween i've noticed that you know there's a million and one christmas specials everybody you know me and november 1st hallmark channel is all i have on yes all i watch <laughs> there's not a lot of halloween specials so I had to like dig deep to find what we're going to talk about tonight, and I, mean, I found it. Chris. I like that it leads in with a with a how or a Christmas bait and switch. They do too. it all. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about the Paul Lind Halloween special, 1976. 1976. A lot of name dropping that I did not <laughs> right over the head. Probably most famous for the first prime time. Oh, viewing of viewing uh performance of kiss the shock rockers taffy are you a kiss fan i am a kiss fan i am unironically a kiss fan and in fact gene simmons grabbed my ass at a book signing in the 90s <laughs> when i was working in <laughs> is this did we just have You're a wrong. me too moment is, are you calling out gene simmons or are you saying it was just like hey <laughs> oh, yes say it say it we need to put you know what the 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 crap that uh, I had to put up with uh, uh, was never ending. He's one of a long line of of ass grabbers. It's it's fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I mean, I mean to take it to a darker place in Halloween. There, um, <laughs> dark place. This is Halloween. Yeah, I thought it was sort of a badge of honor, like. Uh, <laughs> so does that mean? Have you ever met Steven Zagal? Because he. <laughs> He has another way. Oh, yeah, gross. okay. Yeah. Good because yeah, yeah ew. We, mer- and ew. we have a class action lawsuit against Steven Seagal, so we were just trying to, you know, get more ammo for that. That's all that was. Griff, what do you feel about Kiss? Kiss? 
I've heard three songs. I'm sorry. Um, by the time this is the first time you've ever kissed, you know, if you're going to tell me there was the first time I heard Beth. That was the first time I heard that song. God. Like I um, and I'm a music person. Like I, I take music from everywhere. Murray's always suggesting shit. Like we go to all kinds of crazy shows together. But Kiss was one that I thought was all about the material, so I never listened to music. Like all about merchandise, rather. So I never really like thought I need to listen to Kiss music because it's just about the merch. Well, I mean that is absolutely. <laughs> but wow, I, I'm trying to imagine a time. Uh, when I hadn't already heard Beth is is difficult for me because uh, clearly I am an ancient crone. So. <laughs> so she likes Kiss, you're indifferent, and I hate Kiss. So we're all the bases. Yeah, I, we got a seesaw I here and I'm the bass. I'll put it that way. I don't have a problem. I, thought, well, I thought Gene was the lead singer. No, well, he sang lead on a couple of songs. Yeah. Paul Stanley, Star Child. Yeah. Debbie, do you re- do you remember Kiss in the Phantom of the Amusement Park? Oh my God, yeah. Uh, my hot college boyfriend showed it to me for the first time. I was a late cover to that, so I saw it in probably 1988 um, or so, and uh, yeah, uh, love that bit of preposterous television. It's terrific. <laughs> I remember watching that when it aired. I was probably like four. Yeah. <laughs> and my sister was a huge Kiss fan. Gene Simmons scared me because I was like four or five. He was all blood and all that shit. Yeah. And I I loved it though. I mean, Hanna Barbera made it, Griff. So the, the cartoon guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like they were like superheroes. I have a Space Ghost tattoo. I know Hanna Barbera. You know. I don't know. We we. You don't need to explain Space Ghost. You don't know a lot of shit. I was watching Flintstones last week when you came over. Come on. I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't either. So. <laughs> So they were like superheroes. They had these talismans. Maybe we we need to do that sometime. We'll do Kiss in the Family Amusement Park one day. But was this? Yeah. A- no, you should definitely. It fits right Is in. Is this a live action show? Yes. And then, I love it. Yeah. Peter Peter Chris the Cat Man. He was such a mush was- mouth that they had to like dub him. Yeah, he's the he's the goof of the group, right? They all mock him. Well, yeah, but he was the one that had the first hit with Beth. <laughs> That's how the world works. That's just yeah. how it works. Amusement park, Catman. No, no, we're we're we're, we're, we're beyond, beyond that. that. We're going back to Paul Lynn. Okay, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Daffy explain Paul Lynn to you. He's a fascinating character. I love. I'm I'm excited to hear more about Pat, Paul Lynn. I've got I've also got some Hollywood Squares questions ready to go. So I, I'm just gonna pepper those in there randomly. I love it. I love it. Well, this is great because um, uh, <laughs> I happen to have been training for this my whole life. I, uh, as a wee tiny child um, in the 70s, uh, was really into variety shows. Like, um, I actually cried when the Carol Burnett show went off the air for the summer once. Um, I was a Bob Mackie devotee. He was the guy who designed the costumes for most of the big variety shows, and in fact went on to make my living doing what he did you know like i just i i can't tell you how much i loved everything from carol burnett to donnie and marie to share after it was sunny and share like every variety show i consumed uh uh just in great heaping gulps love it love campy stuff and um it's clear to me now as an adult that uh, my affinity and affection for gay culture had started 
perhaps somewhere in the womb, uh, because uh, I loved Paul Lind and uh, I loved uh, his bitchy snark and uh, loved him on game shows. And um, I definitely watched this uh, when it aired. I would have been what? Like, I would have been six. Um, for sure, watched it when it aired, not only because it had Kiss on it and Paul Lind. But uh, because I was a huge Sid and Marty Croft fan and Witchy Poop was on it. Um, so it really kind of had had all my favorites all in, in, in one. And I had not revisited this uh, shit probably since then. Um, and boy, it's a, a real different look at it now. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the fascinating parts. Like, the internet was supposed to be this beautiful thing for the world. Obviously, we know we have all these troubles with it and everything. We got Proud Boys. We got Boogaloo Boys stealing our, our, our fucking name for sequels. All this trouble. But yet, we have these gems just buried in there. I don't think it gets enough attention. I love that Murray is like, yes, we're doing this Paul in Halloween special. I was like, Paul, Paul what? I got to write this down so I can remember Uncle Arthur, it. for fuck's sake. I did. Ah! Be, I didn't watch Bewitched. Was that be what you? Yeah, this is getting. I'm, I'm getting PTSD from this because uh, <laughs> you remember when I? Well, you remember you were there when I got robbed of the Halloween costume when I went as Chuck Norris from Invasion USA. I, I saw a thing today where somebody beautifully drew a dog, and then someone else, like a, a four year old, drew a dog like awfully. It was like a Jake the dog rendering, but it was just garbage. And the beautiful dog got second place to the garbage dog, and I was like, it reminds me of Murray. <laughs> Invasion USA. <laughs> well, that it start that's not the first time I got screwed out of a Halloween costume. Practice. When was like Budweiser Frogs big? Ninety five. Okay, it was just, and it was about ninety five. Yeah, and me and my whole family we went as the bewitched characters. Hmm. So my sister Chris was Endora, the mom. Okay. Her friend Barb was Samantha. Okay. My other sister Julie was who lives in Tacoma. She uh she was Sabrina, who was the Elizabeth Montgomery who played Samantha. That was like her crazy like cousin, but it was the same actress, but okay. she like had a wig. Brunette character. Right. My friend Doug was the Dick York. Oh, Doug was there. Darren. I've heard of Doug. Yeah. I've known Doug since I was ten. Yeah. And then I was fucking deep cutting it. I wasn't like just uh, I went as Larry Tate, the boss. Nice. So I had <laughs> I couldn't find a shark skin suit, but I did have like an electric blue suit. And then I had my mom had like a platinum blonde, like short wig. So I had a wig on <laughs> and then I just drew like a mustache. On. Oh, man. So we were killing it. We looked great. Yeah. So we go to this club that's having this Halloween cut, you know, and you go up on stage and it's supposed to be by applause. Uh-huh. You just fucking like, you, got the, you gave us the hook. People loved it. We were, <laughs> it was standing ovation time, Griff. And they just pulled us. And like, there was these fuckers dressed as the Budweiser frogs. I remember it. Like, it was like a store-bought <laughs> costume. And I'm like, what the fuck? What? Like, uh you're not we we're not supposed to leave these guys are supposed to leave and then it, it boiled down to like just some chicks came out and made out and of course everyone loved that and it was like i i felt robbed so i'm i'm sorry i had to share my pain with you guys but injustice of it all it, it really is oh, getting man. back to paul lindgriff i'm having a hard time with this you know what we're off track so i'm gonna hit you guys with the first hollywood swears question just go ahead and answer this i've got two answers the real answer and paul's answer 
According to a guide to contemporary living, it is always the best gift for a nun. What do you give a nun as a gift? Uh, hmm. Hmm. Don't think too long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not as funny as Paul Lind. I don't know. All right. Daffy, do you have any questions? Uh, let's see. What would I give a nun? You don't have to guess as Paul Lynn. You can just guess whatever you want. I just have two answers, and Nearest is going to get a point. Let him on me. Uh, I don't want to hear. You want Paul's answer? Yes. Yes. Caught in a cigs. What? A caught in a cigs. (laughs) I'm trying my best to do a Paul. (laughs) I still don't know what you're saying. A carton of cigs. cigs. Cigarettes. (laughs) Okay. That was Paul's answer to it. I'm sure he, he had a better delivery. Well, yeah, it is Paul Linder delivery. Of course, it was perfect. It was perfection. And it also, it was right off the cuff. It was just, he just nailed it. Uh, and then if we're ready for the number one answer, I'll just give it to you. Okay. <laughs> Big yeah. green dollar. Cash. That's Money? what nuns want. Cash. Wow. Yeah. Peter Marshall said cash. That I, That's what the survey said. I mean, this isn't. Survey. Yeah, I know. This isn't what family <laughs> feud. But yeah, that, that, that was what the answer was, was cash. Wow. All right. Thanks for making the whole show come to a screeching halt with that, Griff. No, saved it. <laughs> Getting back to Paul Lynn, the Paul Lynn special. Yeah, I mean, we're ready to crack this egg, right, Murray? We are. Let's make an omelet out of this. Let's do it. Yep. Lead it, lead it in here. I, I, I'm not the Gen Xer we here. We open up. Paul is getting ready to celebrate Christmas. He's all he's donned his gay apparel. <laughs> a joke, Griff, if you can I, know, I get it. I get it. You know, Griff didn't even like I it's it always amazed me how like and this is probably the people that have the most trouble with gay people have no idea. Like they probably had no idea Paul Lynn was gay. Even though you now you're like, Oh, it's obvious he was gay. They're like, that Paul Lynn, he's yeah. a great guy. Is Billy Eichner gay? Yeah. Okay. He's our modern day Paul Lynn in my book. He might be on. Well, he's actually supposed to play Paul Lind in a biopic, I think. Which wow. Is I put that together somehow. Wow. Your pulse, your finger on the pulse. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. So he's 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 wow. getting ready for Christmas, and then his shrewish maid, who Margaret Hamilton, Margaret. I called Wicked Witch of the West. It's such an old lady name Wicked too. And she's just like, it's not Christmas. Mr. Lind. And then he's like, well, what is it? <laughs> and then we really go through the whole plastic. <laughs> so we go through the whole gamut. BJ Day and, you know, Valentine's Day. And like, no, it's motherfucking Halloween. And then this is where we, we, did we get into like a, a song and dance. Yeah, there's a just I I really um was struck by that uh, the opening monologue into the opening like patter song, which was super typical. Um, you know, just really falling right in line with any other kind of variety show or variety special of the time. Uh, wouldn't have thought anything of it, but now just because um, styles of entertainment and in particular comedy have changed so much, that incredibly presentational style. Um, it's so off-putting. <laughs> it's so odd and uh, 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 sort of strange to see. And uh, I, 
it's off-putting yet I kind of loved it um uh and yeah that that monologue with the the laugh track thrown in after stuff that maybe had the cadence of a joke but like wasn't really a joke I, I don't know I think yeah. you could make arguments that a lot of them weren't and then this uh patter song is not really a, a singer at all it's just um it's it's really odd and kind of terrific and charming in its own way I, I I definitely have that charm. Like, my house is kind of 70s theme. I often have a 70s look. I had the mustache for years. So it's like, I, I love seeing all this old stuff and all the old production and everything. Um, I love what you said about the jokes. And are they jokes? Oh, yeah. I'm Be- glad you pointed out the laugh track. Oh, my God. They were hammering us with oh, the laugh track. Yeah. And I thought maybe this was just me being too young. I'm willing to accept it. Maybe I was just too young. And there's a lot of name dropping, like I mentioned several times, over the head. So I thought this was just like... I've gone back and watched Mystery Science Theater back in the day. I used to watch it a lot. And a lot of the jokes go over my head because it's a lot of cultural things that I grew up with but never recognized. So I thought maybe that was what was happening here. But uh, from the sound of it, the jokes are just, are these jokes? (laughs) Well, I see, Griff, in the 70s, you were too dumb to know when to laugh. So they had to have that laugh track to let us know. This is funny. Yeah. Should I just add a laugh track anytime we kind of go into a pause so people know, <laughs> yes. like, we're not stuttering, we're laughing. Oh, my God, you absolutely Nailed should. It. You absolutely have to do that. All right, so people pretend you didn't hear this. this oh, can I just ask who can... the psycho was who booked all the guests for this show? I, was, was there something wrong with the guests? I I don't know the guests. <laughs> uh, well, just when they go through the guest list of the, uh, uh, of, of the show – it's so preposterously all over the place. It's like, who truly, who was the psycho who booked this? Or was it all just people who needed to do favors for ABC? Because you have Pinky Tuscadero and <laughs> like four seconds of Donnie and Marie Osmond. And that's all. You've got yeah, Billy Hamilton in there. And then there's also somehow Kiss and... It is all just strange, and uh, oh god, and uh, and Carol, goddamn Brady. Uh, right. uh, I didn't even recognize. After, by the way, I would really like to wear that dress. Frankly, her disco breakdown dress is terrific. Um, although I have thoughts <laughs> about her singing, um, but I just you know when they went through. Oh, and Tim Conway. Um, when they went through the guest list uh, right at the top, it was just shocking and like drugs must have been a lot better than than what i was doing in the 90s because that was an insane guest list <laughs> yeah, all I, we needed was evil Evil, and we would have had like the 70s right I, there i mean the, the only thing i know about that time era is the abc drug circuit was on fucking point <laughs> you know they had the drugs you want everyone wanted to work at abc because of that that's why kiss showed up <laughs> Because of the drugs. I love to think yeah. Well, no, kid, Kiss don't do drugs. I was going to say, is Kiss, Kiss is probably sober. Well, half of them. Ace and Peter are straight up drunk drug addicts. Okay. But Gene and Paul, no. Gene would be straight edge. He would be like the- He's t- all about the green. He'd be the, con- you know, the conservative straight edge guy who's just like, I'm just into ripping people off. But I like, so they, they reconfigured the song Kids to make it about Halloween. I thought I knew the song. You see, yeah. a lot of the times when me and Murray do these old movies, 
I'm like, I know some of these references because of the Simpsons. The Simpsons always do like cultural references to an era I have not been familiar with. And so when I go back and watch these things, in fact, the song Kids, I was like, where have I heard this? And today I looked it up and I was like, I know this. Simpsons did it. And it was they did the a, a version of the song. So I like that they they name dropped the sweat hogs and the, and the kids. You're, yeah. That's from, that's from I, I also have that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like just basically let's promote ABC TV shows. I could see that. Danny Marie were on ABC, weren't they? I'm gonna go yes. <laughs> okay. That was a TV. I thought they were just a band. Well, they were. No, they had they had their own variety. Yeah. Show. That I remember. Okay. Yeah. The ice skaters. Um, I can sing the outro song for you if you want. <laughs> no, I, 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 this is the perfect platform. For it. We're doing a variety hour show, so maybe we should have sing. Yeah, we, we should have planned for like the singing breaks, guys. God damn, we had so much issues with our sound earlier that we, we were like went out. Yeah, the window. we got here ten minutes early to talk about the musicals we were going to do. Music, music, music numbers. numbers. I had a whole dance routine set up, and, and we're so actually on video. Out. No one else would have seen it but us. But you know, but it, would, it would have been great. It would have been great. So, yeah, and then we have uh, Paul. He's like fat shaming himself. It's like, come on, Paul. You're not fat. I didn't get this. What was with that? Apparently, he must have been fat as a kid. I wore a shower sheet. <laughs> it's called shower curtain. <laughs> shower curtain. I hang yeah. a sheet for a shower curtain so you can understand my confusion. <laughs> but one thing. Um, so then- yeah, I think that fat jokes were just kind of okay then. Um I don't know. Uh, I Yeah, it was real ew. I did not care for that. And then I don't know if you caught that um, there was some sort of a like, uh, sweet as cherries, but this is the pits joke in there. Yeah. And that is actually a joke referencing an Irma Bombeck book, which is probably something that you've never heard of, I'm going to guess. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Over the head. Okay. Murray? Yeah, woman humorous. Yeah, she wrote books. Uh, hilarious not hilarious, not funny at all. But uh, she was uh, a humorist who wrote these uh, books about being a bored housewife. It was just this really strange, like, small segment of time. And she had a newspaper column and then uh, wrote all these books. My grandmother had them all. So this is how I know this. And uh, yeah, it was, it was all, it, it was like, uh, imagine like a Kathy cartoon or uh, yeah. Oh. yeah just all this very domestic um sort of ah, humor and not at all funny but uh was wildly popular at the time it's like you know huge bestseller and i thought there's no way these motherfuckers are gonna know what that is <laughs> i mean i feel <laughs> I'm like that might... to bring the obscure knowledge to you gentlemen yeah, i feel like that might take on a new relevance today since we're all kind of quarantined away here trapped in her houses right. like I'm, I'm figuring out things about myself i never knew about <laughs> the big irma bombeck comeback is that what you're talking about <laughs> that's over my head murray come on stop gen xing me here she just she was just talking about irma bombeck for like a couple minutes are you high it's gonna be nice to me because i'm a guest and i'm a girl <laughs> <laughs> What's in this? <laughs> just, so, getting back to Paul Lent. Hold on, so, I thought we were talking about Kathy Comics today. So he, he, he fat shames himself. They do the big dance number, and then just to top it off, 
Donnie and Marie blow him up in a garbage can. I like the Sesame yeah. Street callback here. Wasn't and, he supposed to be and then, Oscar? Grouch? I, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to pull my 70s references here. <laughs> I'm doing my best. <laughs> well, yeah. And like you said, Taffy, like Donnie and Marie are in there for five seconds. Like they were hot as fuck right now, like 76. Like you think you'd want them in for at least one like number. Yeah. I mean, it feels like. They came over from the studio next door where they were filming the you know opening sequence to their show. And if they were on screen and either said a word out loud or were on screen for more than five seconds, they would have had to pay them. They could have been it. Yeah, you're probably right. They could have been yeah. it. They stopped over to get some ABC drugs and they you know Osmonds don't do drugs. They're good Mormons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why Paul Lynn holds a line up on his finger and they just right in the special. <laughs> I saw it. I have the laser. Yeah. <laughs> so they big explosion. Back to, Ch- to Chateau Lind. He's got he's got his housekeeper, Margaret Hamilton, aka Wicked Witch with the West. Oh yeah, they're driving out of town here. They're driving up very, very seamless uh CGI going on. Not CGI, I, <laughs> blue screen going on. I thought at this time they were just driving they would do the car scenes, no big deal. Like they would have okay. a camera guy on the hood of the car filming at 60 miles an hour because at that time it's like who cares? Paul's wearing his finest Gryffindor scarf. You know, it was looking was. good. <laughs> hey, I get that reference. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I mm-hmm. throw a couple of 90s references Thank you. in every kid. So yeah. pull up to this dark mansion. This is the sister of margaret the housekeeper yeah and so we pull up we get the we get a barking maria put a couple of paul paul and zingers in here <laughs> yeah, let me hear them lay them on me all right i'll do my paul paul and impression here we must be out of town you haven't hit anybody let's see if i can find this later when i'm editing <laughs> So they show up the door. We get a barking condor vulture. I don't know what that was about. Hey, hey, that's pretty cool. I'd be cool with it. Look at it. If you came over and there was a vulture sitting on the recycling bin I keep outside of my front door, would you be like, this guy's kind of (laughs) cool. Griff's got a new level that I didn't know about. Yeah, now that you you say it, yeah. Thank you. And then who do we meet? Her sister, Witchy Poo. You want to? Witchy Poo. Explain witchy poo for our young our young uh, co-host Thank here. Thank you. Okay, again with the drugs, my friend. Um, Sydney Martycroft. <laughs> Any drug mention, I'm just gonna drink. Love Sid Martycroft as a kid. You know what? Cheers. Um, yeah. So Sid Martycroft were uh, <laughs> a couple of dudes who um, uh, did a lot of children's programming, and in fact, my favorite children's of the era other than zoom 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 um and uh it was all all like crazy costumes and insane creatures and the sea monsters there was one my hand to god i'm not milking this up there was one called lidsville where it was I remember that entire world populated by talking hats talking hats um there were all kinds of just uh, uh, bonkers shows that they had. And Winnie Pooh featured heavily in. Uh, oh, which one was she on? Uh, was she on? Uh, uh, was she on Sigmund or was she on? Um, uh, 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 great! It's just gone out of my head. 
Yeah, stuff. she was. Yeah, she, I think she was maybe HR Poppins stuff. She wanted the, the golden flute. They could talk. Yeah. So um, that's right, the little talking flute, which um, uh, maybe your young man, maybe your entree into that world would have been from Mr. Show in the 90s. Uh, they did a whole musical uh, number. Uh, okay, that I, was sort I of do know Mr. Show, but for a minute yeah. there, because I've had too many okay. drinks and not enough food, I thought you were going to say the, the name that actually got me introduced to HR Puff and stuff, Mr. Fish, my math teacher, who had the action figure out on his desk and i was like waiting for my ex- my head to explode <laughs> murray who has never drank before is just seeing worlds oh your dad was a drunk so yeah. you probably have thanks seen for it bringing before. that up <laughs> every uh, every episode is as much as i can fit it in playoffs are going on right now how do you think Sorry. Let's go on. HR Puff and stuff. HR Puff and stuff. Wheezy Woozle the witch. Witchy poo. Witchy poo. So she was the evil witch. She wasn't Flash Funk's escort? <laughs> no. <laughs> the witch. And apparently she's the sister of the Wicked Witch of the West. So our man so we get some uh some witch jokes, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well the, the laugh track loved them. Hansel and Gretel. Then we get the well, <laughs> Then we meet. What's wrong with you? I just like that you were like. I thought you were gonna like. I thought I maybe put down some of the jokes, and you no. thought that too. So you're like I, yeah, Hansel and Gretel. I did and think you wrote on. some jokes, and I was waiting to read them. And you son of a fucking bitch! <laughs> I love the bait and switch. I just fucking fooled you. Then okay, then we get the 1970s Peter Dinklage, Billy Barty waddles his way in. <laughs> And he's the butler gallows. Because apparently, people, housekeepers had housekeepers and servants now back in the 70s. That's how great the economy was. You think Trump says the economy is good now. In the 70s, housekeepers had housekeepers, Griff. I'm putting servants had servants. Yeah, I'm putting this up to you, Gen Xers. Uh, Back in my day, I was a servant, and my mom would tell people if I didn't want, what was, wait, what was my mom's quote here? I didn't have kids. To raise them right, I just wanted servants. I think that's what my mom said. Was it something I said? <laughs> I think a Paul Lynn laugh would fit perfectly in there. <laughs> Again, I'm at the mercy of what I, I listened to <laughs> during editing. <laughs> So now we get the first of the bizarre cameo. Well, I guess the first was Donnie Marie. This is the second bizarre cameo. We meet Miss Halloween, nineteen seventy six, Miss Betty White. Betty White. You know, you've heard of her. By the way, very much. Well, she's Miss Halloween. Of course, she does. How? I'm sorry. Betty White is ageless. I think she is a Highlander. How old is Betty White at this point? 90 something yeah she's in her 90s <laughs> no i meant it. i meant in the show oh well well do your math if, if this is what 45 years yeah. ago so she's like 45 about, she's probably yeah she's about my according age, to but, you yeah looks great for 45 just that well late 40s okay either way so then she she's like appearing because the witches promised her a date with a a, a, a famous paul famous paul yeah and she thought it was gonna be paul newman Hey, who wouldn't? 
I mean, the way he ate those eggs in uh, that one movie, I can't yeah, think well, of it. All I know is the way Billy Drago eats eggs. Cool hand Luke. That's cool the one. Luke. That's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> and uh, he's, and then she's like, well, Paul Williams, another 70s reference. Oh. Paul Williams, super hot in the 70s. The diminutive little songwriter. Mm-hmm. We'll be talking about next week in our episode. Oh, are you doing The Phantom of the Paradise? Yes, we are. Damn. Everyone knows this movie. <laughs> it's a fantastic. I've you seen half an hour of it, and I loved. I loved the first half hour I saw. But I was, uh, I was uh, at work enjoying my lunch at the time, and I put it on because Murray was like, "You need to see this movie." This was like a year ago. You told right. me about you were gonna it. We're going to do this a year ago. And yeah, we were going to do it last October. Yeah, right. And so I am somewhat familiar. I'm very excited to watch it. I love my musical numbers. Apple, of course, being one of my favorite canon movies. Oh yeah. I'm very excited for it. Oh, are you an Apple fan? Of course. Speed! <laughs> there's there's more of us out there. I, I've got the vibe. What do you is, call you? What do you guys call yourselves? Just the Apple? We've or? never gotten together. Oh, okay. I think, you know, because like everyone has their cute name, you know? Or maybe maybe people have gotten together and I just don't know about it yet. I haven't found my support group, the Bims. you know? It might be the Bims. <laughs> it might be. The Bims. Um, I will go ahead and say I was going to save this until it came in, but one of our uh, listeners informed us and sent Murray a link to somebody selling the vinyl record because I keep saying I want that record. I need it. And so I bought it. I sent it to my old house. And so now I, I'm like, how do I how do I get this situated? So I'm going to write the guy a letter send him the postage stamps to send the record to me along with my address and everything printed out. So he just has to tape it on there. I think that's what I'm going to do. I can't wait to get my record. Okay. Is that all? That's all. Okay. Laugh track. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good, it's a good one. A good one. Thank you. So Betty White, she wants nothing to do with Paul Lynn. He's just, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Just like Griff's last bit. Exactly. She just wants to just walk away from that stench. Mm-hmm. She disappears. Griff. Up next, for some reason, the witches are like, We're gonna give you three wishes. I don't know how that happened. I thought, Is this witch canon? Which I, <laughs> I don't know. Do witches have to give you a wish or three? No, no, like a, I'm pretty sure that's genies, and that's a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I can only speak on Aladdin, uh, and I didn't even watch that movie because I was too busy eating nachos in the movie theater. <laughs> That's probably why you don't know a lot of shit, Griff. You're always eating nachos. I always eat nachos. <laughs> so he's like, of course, I mean, Griff, in the 70s, every man measured himself up as far as masculinity goes to Paul Lind. So he was like, I want to be a trucker. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we get the first bizarre sketch. That explains you what, I, so I'm gonna, well. I'm going <laughs> to... I want to let Taffy explain what he is wearing. This is supposed to be a macho trucker. This please. is wish number one. Is, I have thoughts on this. Oh, okay, please go ahead. Okay. No, this is your floor. We were giving it to you. We want to know great, what you great. think about this. Because like, I have, I have a whole page of notes here on this one. Oh my god. Okay, so for one thing, young man, do you understand the whole trucker fad of that time? Do you understand, like, there was BJ and the Bear and Cannonball Run and... Uh, and Smokey uh, and the Bandit. 
Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, yeah, like, are you aware of this? I'm aware, but of course, I've, I I get the thousand foot view to it where you just get to see that there was this glimpse of time where that was very popular. I didn't get to see it in the real time where it was probably like, this needs to fucking stop. I remember my uncle had a CB radio. It was like everybody had a CB radio. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was reminded of it with Stranger Things when the kids had like the radio class yeah. and it was like everyone was geeking out over it. So it was like... That was kind of my slow down intro into it. So yeah, it was it was an actual thing that they were referencing. But when they they cut to the fantasy sequence of it, presumably uh, a costume because de- as a costume designer, I, I like to try and put myself in the place of the person who was working oh. on this. And presumably, Absolutely. they would want the uh, the the person to look like a trucker, but somehow what we get. Is Liberace Leather Daddy? <laughs> it is an all white ensemble. It is bedazzled from top to bottom. And he's got fully a Leather Daddy hat. He's got the jacket. He's got, it's got like um, the, the male symbol in, in uh, rhinestones on one arm. The left arm. Uh, you need to um, hang that out the window. It is, yeah, exactly. Uh, and it is most fascinating and preposterous choice. And I think he was really feeling himself in it. I think that he really liked wearing that one. Um, and it just, it's absolutely completely bonkers. And I loved every single thing about it. You don't get a really good look at it, but it does seem to be a riff on some of the Bob Mackie stuff at the time. And um, it's such a low rent version that it is a delight. To look it on. really is so yeah. much. They could they could have lingered on him just stepping. Like I want the shot. You already got him in the truck yes. talking on this CB with his friend, right. who by the way is just like, "Hey, good buddy, I'm out here doing the all six oh six, and it's snowing, and I can't see the curves, and you know what? I'm going off the road, and I think I'm gonna die." And Paul's on the other end. Is he supposed to be Burt Reynolds? Like I thought he I was getting a very uh, bandit vibe off what Tim Conway was supposed to be. Oh, that Tim. Oh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Did I just hear you say that you were getting a Burt Reynolds smoky bandit era Burt Reynolds vibe off of Tim Conway? No, it's the parody version. Cause he had like the mustache. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm I'm still like Hey, you're floored Col- by that leather daddy milkman outfit. You're columboing uh, it. You're feeling it up. <laughs> you forgot to mention he's also wearing silver platform shoes. He is wearing silver platform shoes. I, I, I believe all Taffy has described is him in the truck. We uh, like he does step out of the truck in silver platform shoes. I did want that slow him getting out of the truck and just slow pan up his whole outfit because it was there was so much to take in and so little time, <laughs> and then he's got like a. Did he have a wig? Yes. Did he it was have a bizarre, like, magic yeah. And the eyebrows yes. and the, the mutton chops? And the chest hair. And the chest hair. Oh, God. The penultimate the chest hair was absolutely bonkers. It made the Austin Powers pelt of chest hair yeah. look reasonable and realistic by comparison. Like, he had a orangutan on his Oh, my God. 
Oh my god, this whole scene. And we're not even getting into frisky pisky. Pinky? Pinky. Frisky biscuit. Pinky. I tried to rhyme too much there. It's Hinky. I thought it was Hinky Pinky was your name. Pinky Pinky. Played by Roz Kelly, Pinky Tuscadero. We all remember. You remember her from New Year's Evil. Oh, I, I, very I know, I know underrated episode we did. I watch all the Happy Days as a kid. I know Pinky Tuscadero. Do you know Leather Tuscadero? Uh, no, I don't remember him. <laughs> what? That's Susie Quattro from here. Susie fucking Quattro. I, I'm sorry. I, you, you're saying the these, aunt of Sherilyn Fenn. You're saying that? these names like what if I yelled Pootie Pie at you guys? Would you get it? <laughs> I don't I know no, I all foodie fight. I, I wouldn't get it. I actually thought that South Park episode was made up. I had no idea that was a real person. I was like, that's a real fucking person. He's a millionaire. And I want to kill myself. I'm like, we're we're begging fucking five people to listen to us. And this guy's a fucking millionaire. <laughs> Deep into the generation joke. Under my generation. I know of him because internet. Okay. All right, we get to. Fr- well, no, I'm the guy. Then we, what you said, now. Tim Conway, the first friend dies. Yeah, and then another one played by Tim Conway, who looks probably looks like the most like a trucker out of all these characters, except for his like Andy Cap. Yeah, he had a kind of a leather did like uh, ACDC. Cap I like on. that he had the fucking workout uh, system <laughs> that uh, you know obviously was popularized ten years later and uh, right. over the top. And they're talking, and they, they find out they're both going to get married at midnight tonight. At the same diner. And they're oh. like, hey, wait, what? And then it's revealed that Hinky Panky, apparently she's got some Hanky Panky going on. Hinky Panky. Hinky Panky. That's it. Oh. Hinky Panky. It was Hinky Panky right there on her apron in rhinestone. No, no, I, I thought that would be a little too racy for 76. You know, I don't know. No, no. What's Kinky Panky? She's Kinky, all right, because we cut. Right to the, the diner. Well, the guys are racing to the diner. So who's going to marry her first? Remember, this is still the 70s. You didn't have sex out of wedlock. So, <laughs> okay. you know, she might be kinky, but she's not that kinky. <laughs> so, so Tim Conway makes it there first. And I, I, Raj, she's just, she's just hit, throwing the zingers out. I wish I Not funny that. enough for you to write any of them down, but they're yeah, funny. I, I, like, I try to keep our notes short. There's so many zingers in this show. You know what I love though is that Pinky Tuscadero is totally one of my um like a, a, a particular facet of style icon for me personally as a redhead and kind of a loudmouth. Um because uh like her and Peg Bondi and uh Poison Ivy yeah. from the Cramp. I love oh, a yeah. big hair, like leopard skin wearing kinda kind of broad like that. That it just makes me happy. And I feel like uh, I was imprinted with her fairly early on. I, I really enjoyed her. I was like, "Is this a B fifty two? Is she is she in the B fifty twos? They have big hair, right? I'm getting my references right. They did have big hair. Don't yeah. embarrass Slightly me here. No. Yeah, no. And her accent was so great because she was like half Mae West, half Bowery Boys. I don't even know what was going on with the way she was talking. Oh man, get about it. Hey. I do remember one joke from the CB with Tim. Conway. Conway. Um, yeah, I'm gonna tie the knot tonight. You gotta tie your shoes tonight. <laughs> gotta tie your shoes. No, I got tonight. it backwards. I got it backwards. There was the other Tim Conway didn't get the shoe bit. Okay. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna tie dumb. my shoes. And it, he was like, No, nah, I mean I'm gonna get married. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and are they jokes? I don't know. Without the laugh track to tell me it was a joke, I'm not sure I would be clear on it. It was, it was, I, I, no, I get it. It's totally funny. It's <laughs> one of our English idioms where it's like tie the knot means get married. And he yeah, was like, tie yeah, my shoe. Yeah. What are you talking about? My boots are tied. <laughs> you to explain the joke to us. We, we get it. Wait, I don't have to explain yeah, jokes? No. I, what am I the doing The laugh here? track does it for us. We oh. know it's funny because the laugh track laugh. Oh. <laughs> so he's just about, like they, I guess, I think they got a reverend or something. Are they going to get married? Yeah, but they the diner. And then the semi just Barrels right through the side of the diner. And lo and behold, it it's like Ruby Martin. Red, the leather daddy milkman himself. <laughs> like, I mean, his his outfit's so gay, Rob Halford's like, wow, that's really fucking gay. I, I can't deal with that right now. Okay, yeah. And he's just like, hey, that's my lady. <laughs> and so I have this theory that this move, this skit inspired the movie, the great Sylvester Stallone Cannon movie, Over the Top, because they want to arm wrestle for. They the want to arm wrestle. Ever had a, ever? Hey, have you ever had a man arm wrestle for your for your affections? I've never had men arm wrestle for my affections. No, I have not. I do love the movie Over the Top, but uh, no, that has never been uh, employed as a way to seduce me, and I'm I'm better for it. I think. I, I think it's all the worst that now we've had to turn off the cameras to make sure we get good audio because you would see the disgruntled look on Murray's face that you said Over the Top is a wonderful movie and the appreciation on my face. Um, yeah, well, me and Murray will come down sometime and we'll I all could talk I, I could talk all day uh, about Showdown in Little Tokyo. Uh, in fact, that's how I found you guys is Showdown I, I think it's absolutely fascinating that you know the title off the top. <laughs> like me and Murray can You're never it up every time. I, last like, week, trouble in Little oh, Tokyo. Last week, yeah. I think I, I called it Showdown in Little Togtown or something. I fucking love Showdown in Little Tokyo, and I want to talk all day just about the shoulder pads in that movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, what? I, I have feelings about it. Because this is tippy tap and we do whatever the fuck we want here. What brought you to that movie? Did you hear about the dick line or did you see something? Or were you like first day in the theaters, like Brandon Lee in a movie? I'm going to go see that. In the theaters, I. Okay, look, I'm. Uh, I contain multitudes. I love classic film and I'm kind of a literature and book girl and all that stuff. But also, what I really love is uh, some kind of garbagey uh, movies. And I have deep, heavy passion for action movies from the late 80s and early 90s. Showdown in Little Tokyo, I absolutely saw it in the theater multiple times. I fucking love that movie. And I think that uh, it's the very best, for people who don't know anything about that particular genre, I like to show sit them down and show them Showdown in Little Tokyo, followed immediately by Hard Target. And I oh. like to get on it. I like to get down and like we're gonna talk about the mullet in Hard Target. We're gonna talk about his long duster oh, yeah. and punch. We're gonna talk about the big dick jokes in my man yep. Dolph. Uh, yep. I'd really like to get to the bottom of his relationship with Grace Jones, which is just a side. Oh. But um, I, I love uh, and I also love any kind of movie with even trace amounts of Yakuza uh, content. So if anybody's getting like, you know, decapitated with a katana or like cutting off a pinky or anything, I'm yep. there for it. So I come to this very honestly. Yeah. Oh, I love it. No, no. Me and Murray love these movies, too. It's, it's hard because people ask us about modern action movies and we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Because we're so stuck yeah. in the past and it's. 
it's kind of because we do this, but it's also because I think we just enjoy it more. It's more interesting. You got the and Drago back then. In those movies is so pure. Like, like it is just a good fucking time from beginning to end. And yeah. uh, no, I love them. Unironically love them. Yeah, unironically love them here too. That's why. That's why we do this. Are you gonna tell her your heart? Bullied my way on here. Oh <laughs> yeah, we we already talked about. Uh, well, no, mine was a kickboxer. But what about hard target? Are you gonna tell your hard target story? What? What? Which one's my hard target story? I forget. What a young Griff did to himself. Oh, oh, oh yeah, hard target. Uh, one of the things my mom would always allow. So I got started on uh, action movies when I was maybe seven or eight years old. John Claude was coming out with all of his movies. And my mom did not care, and my dad, of course, did not care. As long as the action movies didn't have any lady parts in it, they were like, that's fine. Just go out and see them. I don't care. I don't give a shit. So we saw a lot of John claude movies because it was always John claudes butt. And they were like, I don't care if my kid sees a dude butt. <laughs> He's got that. So, uh, yeah, Hard Target was like one of the first movies I saw. He had the fuck, you know, he had the fucking mullet, the duster. Now I have the mullet. I just don't have the hoop <laughs> earring. Uh, but as a kid, I got my ears pierced. <laughs> and I did the hoop earring for that very fact. Specifically to be like. To be- so I was in the second grade and I, I, my, I can't remember where these photos uh, are at at this point, but I am not embarrassed by them. I'm very proud of them. I've spread them across the, the, the world. Um, I don't remember where they're at now, but yeah, my mom did service them. I had the Murray will hate this. I had a Nike basketball swoosh hoop. <laughs> that was one of my earrings. I had, I had the dangling. How many earrings did you have? Uh, three. I had a stud. I had the hoop, and then I had. Did you, did you have three piercings? No, 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 no. Oh, oh you just, changed them out. Oh, I like it was that. like for each birthday or Christmas, I'd buy a new earring, and uh, so the hoop was one of them. Okay, I loved it. Oh, Hard Target speaks straight to my soul, right to my Cajun soul. Cajun. Cajun. Oh God, Brimling, fucking, it's all good. Uh, yeah, there's no question that we are of like mind, right there, my friend. <laughs> I'm just glad that this tippy tap is sidetracked so hard. Poland. Okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no. I know exactly how to get this back on track. According to the book nine month reading, the book nine month reading, which of course is about having a baby. Should you be concerned if your baby is yellow? I would be. Yes. Taffy? Yeah. Absolutely. Change his diaper. But the real answer is no. <laughs> doctors, all the doctors, every doctor said no. It's just part of the physiological phys- 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 change. What? Wait, what? That so babies are born yellow? No, it, it just happens. Oh. Every while, babies just turn yellow. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is 70s science, you guys, okay? 70s Change science. Diaper. Don't worry, I got seven more of these if we need. If we have a dead space, I'll just pop oh, one in. Please. So, Billy Barty comes out. He's looking pissed. forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> no laugh track necessary. Billy Barty's pissed. It's his diner. So he, one arm pushes that semi out, and then oh. Roz is getting. All hot and bothered over We're still over on this scene. <laughs> yes. Well, we got because we, the climax is beautiful, so we have to just got to set no, it up. No, we have to do this. We have. So to. he just pushes it out one hand, and she's like, 
she's like, oh my God, you know, all of a sudden now Roz is talking like Paul Lynn. Yeah. And she's just like, hey, I like those muscles. And then uh, then uh, Tim Conway's like, well, I'm smart. I'm she's smart. like, well, I like smart too. And they said, well, I got the money, honey. Oh, and then she's like, I like that the most. She, he even fucking like hits her. Girl's got to be practical. <laughs> Gotta let it rain on ya. <laughs> And then, she, then we then we go. Yeah, we haven't had a bizarre musical number in a while, so we have like a hoedown, a marriage hoedown. Yeah. <laughs> you want you want to explain this one for us, Taffy? Because I'm I was I don't know what was going on. Okay, once again, um, yeah, I will try my best, but yeah, that's uh, all we you have. Know, like <laughs> you expect that when you break to a big musical number, it's going to be. Uh, Lots of good production value and, uh, you know, something really great to listen to. And what you get is three people who cannot sing, not any of them, uh, making their way through some clumsily assembled hoedown instructions for some kind of square dance situation underneath um, a couple of bars of neon with some uh, semi-truck set pieces in the background. And then let's say a half a dozen dancers in some really terrible lycra getups doing the most half-assed choreography that like, I don't even know what was going on with that coked up scene. And it really was um, just a marvel uh, to watch unfold. You could see almost if you squint real hard, you could see what they were going for. And yet it fell so very far short of the mark. I, I I don't know. I kind of loved it. I kind of was. <laughs> you loved it. Oh my god! The lights, the the dancing. I just uh, look. Maybe it's because I'm a terrible dancer, but I love dancing. Watching those people go out there and just just fucking. They were also terrible dancers. You need to yeah. know that. Yeah, I know that. I'm saying it was good to commiserate with these terrible dancers. I think they knew it. I could see it on a couple of their faces. So I was like, oh, I'm right there with you. Solid gold. Um, I loved it. Did I also like how? <laughs> I like how uh, Rex Smith, man. I like how uh, they're doing that talking, singing too. Like a lot of them were. Yeah, and they of course were passed around like a megaphone uh, hand mic to do it. Yeah, it's called the it's called the CB radio megaphone. Well, hand no, mic. they had like. Yeah, that was their thing. You have the CB. You're right. Okay. Robert Duck. Is this what you call a CB? It's just this little thing. So, wow. Hard to believe. That's that's wish number one. That's wish one. Wish number one. We we cut back to the witches. They're reading what a witch would read, of course. Rosemary's Baby and the Exorcist. Exorcist. I I haven't seen Rosemary's Baby. It's pretty fucked up, right? I don't think I... I think I've only seen a little bit of it. No, Anton LaVey oh, uh, plays the devil in it. I know that. One of, one of my favorite all-time movies. Yeah. I love that movie. Well, you need to watch it, Griff. What's the premise of it again? It's like devil G- impregnates a lady. What? That's yeah. exactly correct. Devil impregnates a lady. And, and John Cass is the enabler for it. And it has one of my favorite characters on screen, which is Ruth Gordon as an elderly Satanist with a really terrific fashion sense. Uh, I, I intend, in fact, to be her in not too very many years. So wow. keep an eye out for that. And there's Satanists in this movie. It's like are an they, apartment full of Satanists. Are they ah. winking at the camera? No. It's, they play no. The, they play not at all. It's a very serious, like it's played as straight drama. 
I fucking love it. I already love it. I don't. I don't know if I'm remembering this right or not. Isn't Anton LaVey, he's the baby, right? Or is he just Satan? Because I know he's supposed to be in it. He's Satan, he's Satan who who fucks Rosemary. Okay. Uh, that's Anton LaVey's little, little bit in it. And uh, John Cassavetes is Rosemary's husband who enables it for uh, fame, for his own fame. Look into look into that grip. I'm I gonna look at. I can't can wait. Do, no, I'm I, thinking I, we can make a deal with Satan. Oh, you think we can make it? We can get famous by impregnating someone. Hey, all I have to do is invite him into the laser disc vault, and I think he's involved. Like it. And Murray, I'm gonna go ahead. Uh, I, I can tell that Paulin is quite hungry at at this point. So <laughs> you know, of course, I was in a diner. Of course, he was. Hey, there, I'm Hydrophil. Uh, how about a hot dog? You don't want that hot dog, though. You want a hot dog with all the mates scoped out? <laughs> oh, a Halloweeny! <laughs> oh, and God. then we hold, get- hold, hold, Murray, hold for the laugh track. <laughs> okay. Okay, the laugh track. Okay. Pretty good laugh that's, track. That's going to bring the house down. Yeah, it's going to bring. And we, I don't remember Billy Barty. There's a cannibal joke of Billy Barty. I don't remember that, dude. Well, no, he comes out and he's like, oh, "I just want a little bite to eat." And Billy Barty hears "little bite." Oh, and he's a little person. Okay. And so he bites Paul's leg, and he's like, "Yeah." And it's like, I need a bite. Yeah. <laughs> So I didn't expect this much little person jokes like that. There was a whole there was a movie called Under the Rainbow. It was just about making fun of midgets. It was it was about the munchkins from Wizard of Oz. Takes me back. So the witches are like, we need some music. And I don't not any music. We need some rock and roll music. You want some chamber music? Yeah. Well, we got a couple people locked up in. Why am I doing this for the witch's voice? I, I just want to try my Paul in. Like, I have no voices. So, but yeah, the witches say, we got a couple of chambers locked up. Wait, musicians <laughs> locked up in chamber. I am Jesus Christ. rocking this out. Left track. I apologize, Tappy. He's drunk. So, Kiss hits the stage with their fucking number one hit. The greatest song about the greatest city ever, Detroit Rock City. And they do a really shitty do- job lip syncing to this song. Paul Stanley is all over the place. standards were lower for lip syncing then. I think we just sort of accepted it and let it flow over us at the time. Okay, so it wasn't until Millie and Vanilli like exposed it that people. Well, no, I think uh, you have to when you're doing like TV, everybody lip syncs. That's, oh, that's okay. Thing, cause... It's well, a, that begs a, the question. We know Taffy lived in Seattle. She's over in Ohio now. Have you been up to Detroit Rock City? Oh, yeah. You've done like Theater Bazaar and all that? I have not. I have not, but I've had a couple of really good meals and visited some friends. So Okay, okay. I've once passed out in the venue they do Theater Bazaar in. So if you I go remember there, that. You texted me freaking out. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, if you ever go there, you can find my blood stain on the wall from when I smashed my face after passing out. So if you make it up there, just let me know, and I'll tell you where to go to see that blood stain. They probably have a frame around it. They have a frame around it. So the witches... Yeah, probably- I forgot about it. We did. We- <laughs> just come again? I didn't hear that. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Playing Witch Monopoly now. The only way to make Monopoly more boring is to make it Witch Monopoly. And, of course, Paul, he's killing. He's winning. So yeah. the witches are like, we don't want to play anymore because we're losing. But you know what we want to do? We want to give you wish number two. Wish number two. 
what's that wish, Griff? I want to be. Why am I doing this in normal voice? I get it. This is my chance to do a Paul voice. Right. Uh, he wants to be a Saharan Sheik. Right. He has seen Iron Sheik out there on the streets, and he's like, I need that. I want the boots. So I want he's everything. supposed to be like Rudolph Valentino type thing. Another old person you don't know, Griff. Oh, yeah, I don't know him. And he is all over Mrs. Brady. And he's just. Yeah. Mrs. Brady. I just realized, like. Carol Brady. It's uh, it's Florence Henderson, and you know, I just have to say that my favorite Florence Henderson, her greatest role of all time was in Shakes the Clown, and I will take no arguments to the contrary. <laughs> I just realized Florence Henderson has never done a love scene with a straight man because Mike Brady on Brady Bunch was gay too. Mm. That's that's odd. In Shakes. Well, she did because I'm pretty sure Bob Cackle is. I don't know. Jury's still out on that. Not with that clown right at the top of that movie. Bobcat? I know Bobcat. You said Bobcat Goldthwait, right? right? Was he in Brady Bunch? No, she's talking about Shakes the Clown. Oh, she, she makes out with him in that. So she's definitely at least had one love scene with a straight dude. So Paul Lynn doing the best acting of his life, kissing a, a woman. And then he keys. Then uh, Tim Conway shows up again. Yeah, this is very confusing for me yeah. because I thought he was gay, but then he laid the smackers on her, and I was like, smackers is a very uh, millennial word. We say that all the time, smackers. It, 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 yeah. It's called being an actor, Griff, okay? Oh, that's what it is? We're not used to acting. You can just watch our wrestling to find that out. So uh, she's still not impressed, Griff. Yeah. And he goes, how about my cock? No. A two. Oh. And then he pulls out a stuffed parrot. It's not even a fucking cockatoo. And then we get a nice Beretta reference. You didn't, he even, had a pet you didn't even pause for 19 seconds for that laugh track. That would have brought the rafters down. <laughs> they would have burned the lot down for that one. And then Tim Conway shows up, and it's boring. I don't even want to finish this. This is an awful skit. Yeah, I honestly skipped over. I feel like the writers didn't want to finish it either. Right. Well, you're that right. It went right. nowhere and was, yeah. I traded the cockatoo for my freedom. I remember that. <laughs> I don't. That's how they kept it. And he got that. He got oh. freedom. Okay. Because everybody wanted the cockatoo. She was like, I want the cockatoo. Okay. That's how, yeah. That's how I remembered All right. it. All right. So then we get. <laughs> Thank you. We get another little person joke where he's fighting a tiger. That the tiger. That's my mother in law. Oh, hilarious. Boy. Paul, <sighs> he's back. He's ripping on the, the witches, talking about their looks. And he says, you know what? I want to give you my third wish. And, of course, what are you going to wish for in 1976, guys? Disco, baby. There you go. I I didn't know. I didn't even know how to answer that. I thought it was going to be another trucker thing. <laughs> yeah. We want to be truckers, too. No, it's a disco party, Griff. They're boogieing their asses off. Good shit. Good shit, pal. Of course, Paul's the host. Is this, is this where he comes out with the like glittery black suit and the orange shirt? He does. And I have to say, the whole Halloween disco in residence there, I kind of dug that scene. I would fully go to that party. Um, yeah. I, I thought that looked like Fun. His outfit was great, and Florence looked amazing. I would wear that dress right the fuck now. Um, uh, her dress was terrific, but my God, her soulless white bread singing made Donnie and Marie look like fucking Ike and Tina. It was ridiculous. 
she was so devoid of anything. Like, like it was just, it was, oh, God. Pick up Flores Henderson, dude, apparently. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah, I don't I dug the bats. Those were cool. They had the orange <laughs> I, d- I dug around them. I love the whole backdrop, the whole mansion yeah, theme. Yeah, the, like the balcony. Yeah, they had the balcony. Obvious set. Look, yeah, it looked great. They had, the, they had an elevator, for fuck's sake. They had an elevator. Come on. want to hang out there, right? right. Yeah. No, I, I, I really liked it, too. So much, much like this you is, were saying. This is what Theater Bazaar tries to present in its main hall. Well, maybe they need to do a re- re- reinterpretation of this special. They might need to. So, like, as you were saying, she belts out a very white version of that old black magic, ironically. And then we just throw straight to Peter Chris, the heart and soul of Kiss. Oh, yeah. And he plays that power ballad that I didn't know anything about. Beth, here I feel like I could walk away for the next nine minutes. You guys could just keep Me going, right? And Griff are recording. <laughs> and we can't figure out the sound. No. No, we can't. Taff, what can I do? Dun, dun, oh. Taff, what can I do? <laughs> Ooh, that was good. That was so, so good. We just get a little abbreviated version, you know, because it's a little taste. Well, yeah, you want. Yeah, well, this is ABC in uh, in the seventies. You just give them a taste to get them hooked. Get that clean, good, good. No adjectives. In addition to that, just good, good. Coke. So we cut the commercial. We come back. Paul's. He's got to meet these crazy cats named Kiss. Mm. So uh, the witches invite him down. I. Paul leaving nothing to the imagination. His fucking opening to his, his thing, his leotard goes down to his taint. I don't know. It's scaring me. I just like that he had the rhinestone cowboy like uh, pasted on hair too. <laughs> it was all over. It was a pelt. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was fascinating. I'm, I I guess they must have bumped uglies. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. And then he he gives the most obnoxious New Yorker accent. It's like. Hey there, what's going on, Paul, or something like I that? I thought that was legit. That was obnoxious. <laughs> no, it, no, it, it's legit. No, it was legit, but I'm saying it's just it was obnoxiously New York. I'm not saying it was fake. Oh, okay. I I, I was confused. And he was like, "Hey, forget about it, Paul." And then we get some kiss jokes back and forth. I've been to. I the love M&M's a good store, religious crew. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> "You know what, kiss." I'd like you to do one more song for us. Can you do that? And they sure can. And they sing King of the Nighttime World, girl. Don't know that song. Wait, maybe I well, do. You know, because you heard it, because you watched the episode. Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> do I, wait, would I have known this prior to this? Beth, I didn't know prior to this. Do, is this a radio this is single? A, this is a deeper cut. I don't think this is King a deeper of the Nighttime God, yeah, World being I, that I didn't huge. recognize that. You would never have known this. If you didn't know Beth, you don't know this. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I was writing notes. The notes what, that we're what, trying you, to reflect you basically, on. Basically, right your knowledge of Kiss begins at the ends was like rock and roll on night party every day, right? It, it is. Yeah, it's like the the few select radio jams. I know what they look like. I've met yeah. very many. I used to work uh, uh, doing in home audio, so I've met many a Kiss fans who yelled at me about Kiss. Like one. I, I love talking about people about their passion. So it's like when you walk into a basement full of kiss shit, you're just like, oh shit, kiss. Yeah, man, that's great. 
And then they're just like, oh, you like Kiss? I never knew a person of your age liked Kiss. I don't know why they go into pulpit. I never knew a person of your age liked Kiss. Let me tell you, brother. And then they make you watch Kiss in the Phantom of the Amusement Park. Yeah. And... I, I, I never, oh, it, I was too busy working, so I never registered it. So I, but I'll give it up to Gene. He blows some sweet fireballs out there. He did. Those were great fireballs. Okay. They weren't that sweet. No, 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 no. You've seen better. I can do better because I used to perform in the sideshow. I was Red Betty back then, and I did a fire act, and my fireballs were, like, way bigger than oh. that. What the f- Gauntlet thrown down, Gene Simmons. Are you listening? Shit. I know you are. Yeah, right. Oh my God! ABC, we're putting you on notice right now. We got we got a fireball thrower right now. Does ABC still do fireball acts? Uh, no, I don't. Okay, I don't think after the after the Great White episode where those people get killed in the club, I don't think any. Okay. Well, now we know who we can uh, call on to be our Gene Simmons when we do our Kiss Halloween costume. You got it, Griff. You're gonna be the cat man, of course. Of course, I'm, I'll be Paul. Well, I've I got, got the, the hairy chest, and the, I like it the leotard. I've got the agility, so of course I'd be cat man. So we got we at least need an ace. Yep. So, God, guys, like, what more can you do? I mean, it's just you know we can do, we can bring out some more Roz Kelly, aka Pinky Tusker. Dale. Yeah, we gotta we gotta bring all those bits into one universe. I hate to make you cover every single uh, dance thing, Taffy, but I think you kind of have to. Can you can you, can you finish it up for us? Yeah, absolutely. And again, <laughs> it's just super rough. Okay, her dress is great. I love her dress. Um, she looked terrific in it. The choreography, once again, is like um, maybe maybe the choreographer was hungover. Uh, the dancers weren't paying attention. I don't know if somebody was new that day, but it was all legitimately terrible. And dear God, her fucking voice. Like, not a soul. Well, okay, Florence Henderson, I suppose, can sing, but that's like in a white lady Broadway way or whatever. But Pinky, Roz, honey, it was just rough. Um, for rough. Maybe she was trying to bring like some tough edge to it, you know? What? Maybe she was trying to pass off the fact that she can't sing with a character act. Uh, oh, maybe. Maybe she thought the hair and the short, short dress would help, you know? There was a lot of leg being shown, so maybe she thought that would help. No, it was a slit up the dress. It was a long dress, but she had a big old slit and oh, she was holding it up you most know, of the time. Which is I, I, great. I'm, I'm thinking of the diner outfit still. Okay. That was a short, short yeah, skirt. That yeah, was, yeah, that was micro skirt. Okay. So while that's going on, Kiss is up in the balcony selling merch because, you know, Gene Simmons got to make that money. He's got action figures. He's, <laughs> got, <laughs> he's got toilet paper he signed. He's like, I'm pretty sure you can eBay this, kid. And like I said, Ross Kelly doing that talking, singing style. We just talk. And but she knows her disco. And then we get a dance number. Paul and the witches and everybody start doing the disco song. I don't remember what it was called, but they're doing it and they're enjoying it. And like you can, you can like like kids aren't even trying to like hide their boredom. They're like, when the fuck can we get off of this fucking show? Because they're like, why are we here? Why do we need to be up here viewing this? 
I don't know. I guess they wanted to get every like guest star yeah. in this final scene. Yeah, they want to have a big final wide shot of everybody doing everything. I have the big finale. Yep. So got him. Paul comes out. God, I worry about Paul's fucking self-esteem because he's like, I want to thank you for making me feel wanted. And it's like, come on, you're a star. What is up with this? Hope we were a howling success. And then we go straight to credits and did everybody notice like they had to give a shout out to Sid and Marty Croft? Like, Witchy Poo appears courtesy of Sid and Marty Croft. I, like, I didn't. What? No. I well name recognition over my head. I'll be ready, Yeah. And and then uh we I I noticed you're not gonna know this guy's. I only know him because he was on like I think like the nineties Hollywood Square. Bruce Valanche no, wrote I, this. I, I I listened to an interview with Bruce Valanche. Bruce, yeah, <laughs> I can't even get the name out. Bruce Valanche is actually a name I know somehow. Okay. And so when I was watching this, it was YouTube being the all being that it is was like, hey, how about this Bruce Valanche interview about this special in particular? So I went and watched that. So I, I mean, I knew of him before this, but anyways, okay. Bruce Valanche. So I know. he wrote it, so that's why it's the, you. It's all corny. I think jokes, I saw him on Hollywood Specials as well. What's that? Nothing. Go on. Wow, guys, that was something. I'm exhausted. I am. It was rough. It, it's a it's a lot. It's a lot to take on. There's uh, a lot of internet things that happen uh, in between here. I can think of one way we can just take the edge off, though. That's another Hollywood Squares <laughs> question. Okay. What is? Unusual. We're going to have to think 70s here, guys. Really think 76. What is unusual about the secretaries in Saudi Arabia? Um, I'm going to say they have to wear burqas. Taffy? You won't take dictation? They don't like shorthand or showers. (laughs) What? I didn't even know what you said. Uh, Shorthand or showers. Wow, that was that was Paul's answer. Wow, the real answer. Showers. Yeah, yeah, seventies, folks, (laughs) seventies. Answer: They are all men. Oh, oh, god. Yeah, I, I didn't even, I didn't even inundate everybody with all the other questions. There was nine more in there. We're just going to go ahead and let those slide. <laughs> save it for next time. Yeah, save it for next time. We do the I, Paul Lynn Thanksgiving special. I watched an hour of just quote-unquote Paul Lynn singers on Hollywood Squares to get these. And, oh, boy. They they were as good as the jokes in this uh, special. So and, he, and Bruce Valanche probably wrote them all, too. I think he did. Bruce Valanche was huge on Hollywood Squares, right? He was the square in a, for a while there. I think I saw that period. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to apologize to our, our guests for making her watch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd seen it before. It was time to revisit. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely a fun thing to visit. I enjoyed it. I watched it twice and I liked it more the second time. I also apologize for spending about three hours on the sound issues. Three out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one day we'll Sorry. figure it out. Some, sometime. Over the rainbow, we'll figure it out. And I want Under the <laughs> And I want to say welcome aboard. You are officially now a friend of Golan Globus Theater. Yeah. 
for sure. Any anytime we post an episode you want to hang out with us on, hop on a board. You know, if we're doing another showdown in Little Tokyo, I think I did it right. Oh my God, you did it right. I did. Yeah, I did it right. Fuck oh. yeah. Yeah, hey. no, seriously, it's like we we love to just chat. We we appreciate all the movies we do. So anytime anyone wants to throw in more fun to it, all the board. Oh my God. All the board. I just, I can- I want desperately to to talk about Showdown in Little Tokyo. Seriously, I have, uh, there have been so many people who are unfamiliar and I forced them to watch that one. So that's, (laughs) yeah, you do that again, make Taffy your first call. Everybody needs to know that Dolph Lundgren has the hugest dick we've ever seen on a man. That was spectacular. There's so many movies we do where it's just like, how does this exist? And it's, we always think we're gonna run out, but week by week we find another one. It's like, how does this exist? And we do we'll it. Never run out. Have you? My daughter, America three thousand. Have you done yeah. that one yet? I remember. What's that? America three thousand. We've done America yep. three thousand. Yep. We had a we had a lady fan suggest that to us, and so I was like, God it, it damn, was, we're it was naggy bad. Yeah. And so we went ahead and did that one. It was a fun one. Uh, we've done like over a hundred now. I don't. I, we're yeah. We're, we're into we're deep into. We're it. getting close to the two hundreds at this point. Well, no, no, we're now like one hundred twenty-five. Oh, are we? Oh, I thought we were higher than that. My bad. We did our. We just had our hundredth uh, samurai. That's right. We, we did. I'm an idiot. That was in March. Hey, uh, Taffy, are you a fan at all of the Death Wish series? Um, I would not qualify myself as a fan. Uh, I have a passing familiarity. Uh, the first one, I think, is the one I'm most familiar with. Okay, because the reason I asked that is because I recently watched, I didn't even know this movie existed, Death Wish 5, after oh, wow. death. And uh, it takes place, okay, Charles Bronson, he's dating a woman who's obviously like 30 years younger than him and still way out of his league on top of it. But she's like the biggest fashion designer. And so the whole movie takes place on the seedy underbelly of the garment district of New York City. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, shit. So there's I'm a, all over that. I, yeah. I, I want to go watch that right now. It's on Tubi, so you can watch it for free. Watch that. If you're into it, we'll bring you back for that. I, that because would be I think awesome. it's in your wheelhouse. I love Charles Bronson, non-ironically. I think he's awesome. You like to make fun of him because he's old, because you're a piece of shit. Hey, he was in my top five. You he can't, you can't give five. me shit here. Yeah. So yeah, look into that. See what happens. I shall. You did a great job. Uh, thanks for coming on. It was fun. You had me cackling over here. Like uh, I, I was having too much fun at points. Fair, you're drunk, so yes, you drunk. <laughs> well, that and it's just it, it's so nice to hear somebody who just appreciates these weird things that I, I'm only used to talking to Murray about. So right. So it, it, yes, well, alcohol amplified it. Yeah. And thanks for proving that, hey, women can listen to our show too. <laughs> See, mom, chicks dig us. Chicks dig you. That's right. So there. Huh, mom? Who's a big, who's a loser now? I don't know. I, I want, I don't want to be just the type of podcast for middle aged white guys. I want the whole world to check us out. And I'm glad it, it, they are. At least I am. You were saying, Griff? I I was just gonna say, uh, this was tip tap. What fourteen? Fifteen, I think. Fifteen. 
So a spectacular one. We've got so many more tippy taps to do, so many other topics to cover, and so many other deep conversations to get into about how everybody appreciates Jean-Claude Van Damme and Hard Target. And we're going to find them all. We're going to find every single one of them. And until then... And as well. <laughs> until then, see you next time. You have just been the greatest. Thank you for making me feel wanted. And thank you for inviting us into your homes tonight with our Halloween special. I hope we were a howling success. I'd like to thank my guest stars, Tim Conway, Roz Pinky Tuscadero Kelly, Lawrence Henderson, The Incredible Kiss, Billy Barty, Betty White, and a special thank you to our beautiful witches, Margaret Hamilton and Billy Hayes. I believe in you. I believe in you. And of course, the two kids I love so much, Donnie and Marie Osmond. In case I don't see you for a while, to all you little monsters out there, you have a happy Halloween. Now, excuse me, I'm going back to my group to trip the heavy fantastic. Oh, God. Oh, God.